Hello and welcome to Insecure Space. My name is Stefan and I'm here with David. Hi everyone. So this episode is a bit different to the previous ones. In the last two episodes, we talked about personal experience and this time we want to talk about a more general topic that we think shouldn't be ignored. We will talk about how the ever-fasting developing technology is changing the world and what that means for us as programmers. This might get a bit uh, philosophical, but we feel like it's something not many people discuss seriously. Um, but don't worry, we will try to keep everything relatable and we strongly encourage you to leave us comments and tweet at hashtag insecurespace if you have anything to add to this conversation. Now, before we go uh, fully into the discussion, we should start by explaining how we are currently coding and how uh, this uh, topic came to be in the first place. So, because we both learned quite a lot in the past months on how to make code more abstractable and then reusable. Um, but yeah, to fully understand what we mean by that, we should start with a little background info. Um, so, David, you are currently doing web development. What did you learn there? Yes, uh, so I recently started doing a web development job and... Uh, And yeah, I, I started learning stuff as I was doing the, the, the job. So I didn't really know a lot at the beginning. I was using, you know, I, I had the basic PHP, jQuery, MySQL, like, like your usual thing, go to thing for de web development. So I did that and, uh, it was good. And I would also say that at the first part, I was against frameworks for some reason. Maybe it was with you, Spacehan, as well. <laughs> uh, that I didn't like frameworks. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I, I realized after doing one project that it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. So doing like scripted stuff and like simple stuff you can use vanilla PHP and stuff, uh, for, but as, Your project gets more complicated. Uh, it's just gonna get out of hand and it's gonna look messy and you don't want to work with that. So that's why at one like complicated enough project, uh, the client said that we have to basically put so big changes into it that that mean that we should like rewrite the whole thing. Or I mean, I should rewrite the whole thing. And at that point, uh, I, I started learning Laravel, the PHP framework. I, I would say this is the most popular PHP framework. Not sure if this is the best or not. Uh, this <laughs> depends on personal preferences, but, uh, I really like it. Um, so yeah, I started learning Laravel, uh, because the one in PHP and JS wasn't really good enough for these big projects. Because, you know, if you think about, uh, basic, Like normal projects, it's not gonna be that super easy. You have to have like complicated stuff, but, uh, that complicated stuff that you have in a normal project that the client, client usually wants you to do, you have, uh, stuff in there, what somebody probably also have done before. So making it in vanilla PHP, you are basically rewriting something that is already probably done by someone else. And, uh, That's why Laravel is really good for this because they put, I would say they almost, uh, was thinking about and everything. So, and you know, there are updates coming for it, but, uh, now 
they have basically everything you you would need to to do uh, this kind of web development and it's php as well but you you don't even feel that, like you are doing php because you know everyone hates on php that's the default uh you know thing to hate on and yeah i admit it's not that fun to write php uh for complicated projects in vanilla but uh but doing it in laravel is actually super cool and i i really like uh now writing laravel uh code in a good way <laughs> so that's uh what we are coming to in this episode that uh people started developing these ways to do stuff these modern ways to do stuff and now doing it the old the manual way is kind of getting out of uh, hand and it's not the not the usual thing to do so now for example with laravel you you don't even have to interact with mysql you know you're just using the, an object uh which uh, you know if for example you have a table and you have like columns like username email and stuff then you don't have to do write a query because why would you want to write a query you can just use user object a row email so you know they make everything easier that you otherwise you you should you have to do if you want to make a project and they put all of the stuff that they can automate or like you know uh, make uh, easier to use and they make helpers and functions for that and with that you uh, you can basically have everything and you can have a code which looks super nice um but uh, you can just rely on that as well so I would say even if you learn Laravel you still have to you know think about that uh, how how you want to do stuff because there is the the Laravel way of doing it and uh, you can also do it in your way but if you start to do it in your way then it starts to get messy maybe just a little bit on the first time but then you start building on that messy thing and then it's yeah so <laughs> you have to keep it <laughs> I don't know. You have to rethink all that. You have to refactor your code all the time where you are working on it, right? Space, and I mean that's what yeah. I was doing, and that's what you are doing as well most of the time. <laughs> Actually, yeah, right now <laughs> with the D offer as well. Um, well, a few points here. Uh, you said you were hating on frameworks, yeah. and yeah, we had this discussion on the Discord. I mean, that was pretty fun, but. Um, <laughs> But wait, we are still only talking about PHP frameworks because JavaScript frameworks are also also a that's, thing. But that's wait a, for that one. That's <laughs> a whole new level, yeah. Um, but I mean, there's a difference between, uh, let's say, a framework like Laravel, which is essentially like a complete new language. Um, yeah, yeah, you didn't or, even... Or you do NPM install, I don't know, Time.js, and then you can easier ask for the current timestamp i don't know like there's a difference but both are called frameworks most of the time but i mean one is basically a whole new language the other one is just one file some dude wrote three years ago um so there there's a difference uh, we hate it especially on on js because everyone uh hypes the whole node.js chain and is just installing whatever they need instead of thinking how to uh, structure the code in a good way so you don't actually need that um, yeah, but, but yeah. definitely this is the this is the future where we are heading that no one is gonna write uh, low-level stuff anymore probably because yeah, you have getting... these high-level frameworks you don't even have to know how to make an sql query i mean why <laughs> you you can have 
Laravel do everything for you. And <laughs> this can be a bad thing and this can be a good thing. So there, you know, you can debate on that one. But I mean, I, because I am coming from the vanilla side, I think this is really cool because I most, most of the time I understand how, <laughs> what it's doing in the background. But, uh, good question if, uh, what's gonna happen to people who only learn Laravel and they don't learn the basics first? That's a good oh, yeah. question. Um, yeah, I mean, PHP is also a thing that, uh, is hated a lot and can be very frustrating if you just code vanilla. Uh, also because you have to, I mean, what you're doing is you write in a server side language that generate, generates different client side languages that are then sent oh, around yeah. the globe and interpreted again. This is very, weird this if is, you think about it this is not the clean way how you no. should do it so yeah I, I wanted to follow up on, on this that um you know the default way of building web apps with php was that okay you generate you, you do the processing with php you, you first of all you have php files you know for every for every page that's yeah. not, the, not the thing anymore and in the php file it's gonna return you know processes and it's making the sql queries and then it's returning html which is like customly made by php and then it's returning javascript as well for that html and you also you know poke around in the javascript with php and it's like it's not maintainable you don't know what's happening after a point uh, and this is not good um so, um, you know, that's what I trying to learn now. The whole concept of, concept of doing this in the, in the modern way, I would say. So you have, this is what I'm trying to do, like an, even an example project of, you know, to practice on that I have an API with PHP. I have a front end, which is JavaScript essentially, but you're not you're not making JavaScript and like putting weird stuff into JavaScript with PHP. It's just not good. You have a JavaScript and an API and they are completely different things. And if you want to debug something, then you, you know where to go. And, uh, you know, what, where it gets even more crazy now is that you have JavaScript frameworks. For example, Vue.js is what I, I am learning and, uh, trying to use, not, not didn't yet made a project with it completely, but I'm trying to do it. Uh, so with Vue.js, you can, it's like, it's a bit like Angular and, uh, you know, all of the other stuff that you can make JavaScript frameworks for. Um, which one is better? I, I'm not, not in a position to, to say right now, <laughs> but I'm only learning Vue.js and it's, it comes with Laravel. So it's like the basic, the same kind of, uh, Laravel way. So, you know, the view is also trying to get, uh, to solve problems in the simplest way possible, which I really like about Laravel that they are focusing on solving every problem and making it simple. And, uh, with view, you can, you know, build your front end application. It's gonna, it's gonna be like an SPA, like a single page application. That's how you call these nowadays. And then crazy enough, I found out that you can, Use native script, native script, uh, <laughs> and getting even more intense, native script to run Vue.js via native script on Android and iOS. So 
Essentially, what you're looking at now is that you have an API you built in PHP and you have a front-end built in JS and you can put that front-end on a website and you can put the same front-end in Vue.js into your Android phone and into your iOS phone. And uh, just think about that for a minute. Like, what... This is, this, uh, back then, this was not imaginable. I mean, no one, this was weird and no one expected to be it like this. If you wanted an iPhone app, you have to code the iPhone app. If you wanted an Android app, you have to code the Android app. If you want a website, same thing. And then you have to make a different API for the different devices and all of that. But now, you can do everything with two languages and super fastly because Laravel also includes everything you need to get started and you can just, if, if you understand it, you can be super fast with it. So I don't know where am I going with this. I'm probably rambling a little bit because I'm not sure how to, you know. Yeah, but it's pretty much the topic we want to talk about. So <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah, we, so we don't have like a special way of, you know, how, how we want to say all of this. I'm just trying to give my experience that, uh, I just started doing this, so I'm no expert here, but I'm just amazed that you can do this with PHP and JavaScript. What could you do before with PHP and JavaScript, building a website with like weird way in and in a, uh, not the good way, but now you can make, you can make an application and you can make a front end, a completely independent front end, and you can make a back end and all of that. And <laughs> I don't know, this is, this is just crazy and, um, and I really like where it's going. I, I don't hate on that. I was hating first on JavaScript frameworks, <laughs> but then I tried Vue.js and holy, holy well, moly. <laughs> well, there are things like AngularJS. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I do not know how. Um, and, uh, the always hyped, uh, Node.js. Oh, what uh, isn't that? Uh, no, not React? Uh, I mean, React. React uh, Node. seems. Node.js. React seems the... to be really good, but that's a different thing. Yeah, but I mean, Node.js is the core of the. I mean, they have the npm, no, no, right? No. So it's all, it's all. Yeah, I mean, they all use npm, but it's all, it's a different thing. It, the, the one thing doesn't have to do with the other one. Yeah, the, okay. the packet, the packet manager is a uh, is a separated thing as well, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't we were, like the idea of installing <laughs> Node.js. You know, we were hating on the frameworks because there are way too many. Uh, it is developing super fast and uh, it feels like they are not really careful with what they're doing. Like they're just pumping out some uh, sweet features everyone loves, but then no one uses or uh, people are just, they, they are unnecessary maybe. Um instead of focusing on making a good core language, because if uh, the ECMAScript, which is the, the ECMAScript <laughs> standard, which is the basically vanilla JavaScript, if they like one day are like, yeah, uh, we implement all these nice features now, then this will be standard. And half of those, uh, those framework slash uh, JavaScript uh, based languages uh, will be unnecessary. Yeah, look at how many JavaScript languages you have now. TypeScript, <laughs> CoffeeScript, I don't know what. Native script. You, have. Script, uh, you can yeah. just think of a na- think of a word, put a, a script at the end, you will find a JavaScript language for that. <laughs> yeah, and for someone getting started, this is crazy. I have, I still have no idea what's happening here. That's yeah, why I, I, I don't know what. And if I you look at really... the code, they they are so different. 
But not even the code, the whole infrastructure that, yeah. oh, you have to have npm, node.js, what is node, webpack, and then with webpack you compile JavaScript and CSS, why you are compiling? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, like the that's just whole crazy. process coming from vanilla JS, I was writing like jQuery, that was the, that was the most, uh, intense thing I, I did, you know. Like, okay, if I click on this button, then let's do this. But now I'm compiling JavaScript with shush and <laughs> CSS. Yeah. So it's something that is intense and happening right now. And, uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It has, it has good sides, but really, uh, doing this many of the JS frameworks and stuff, it's not, maybe not the way to do it. You, you convert you convert a script language to another script language that is uh, uh, I don't know interpreted maybe running as the back end and then send half around the globe to be interpreted the uh, front end and then uh, but but in a program run on a computer that is also uh, maybe oh, yeah, running I mean, in a virtual machine or something and just oh. look at that now on on the computer I would say a lot of your apps are websites and at this point look discord at discord is a website discord is a website <laughs> atom uh, is a website slack is a website atom yeah. is a website also yeah it's crazy if you go into if you're using atom and you go into somehow i don't know where it is but you can open up developer options and then you can see all the html tags that you have <laughs> there and uh, and you start typing and you see like the html tags generate and like everything what, yeah, like, that's, what the hell? That's, that's an IDE, right? You use that to program other things. And and you have an IDE written in JavaScript. Yeah, that's weird if you think about oh, wait, it. Wait, it's not, it's not in JavaScript. It's in coffee script. Co- oh. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I also started, you know, uh, I talked about the stock market manager game. And um, that's nearly four years now ago when I first started with it. That's crazy. But yeah, I, I started just vanilla php and um yeah i i used uh jquery mobile i think because that was the hot thing back then uh there was no 15 javascript languages i mean there were maybe uh they were maybe starting out at that point but no one was actually looking at them seriously um and and they're still very early in development. When I look at some of those JavaScript frameworks, they throw out completely rewritten code bases every year. Then this is not a st- stable technology yet. Um, but yeah, so I programmed this whole thing in PHP 5. And it's like, as you said, like the, the old way of coding, right? It's completely procedural. Um, uh, every page. You're yourself all ev- the time. Yeah, you're repeating yourself all the time. Um, and every page is a PHP file and everything is done in that PHP file, right? And the PHP is generating HTML and JavaScript and the JavaScript, uh, is maybe doing some Ajax that is calling back to another PHP site to get data dynamically. <laughs> There's just no, that doesn't well. sound like the way to do it. Not even. Well, I don't know. It was kind of the way that was still being practiced by a lot of people. I mean, it's drastically changing now, but yeah, think about it. It's not that long ago, but it was, it wasn't that bad at the time. I I wouldn't say it was was good code, but yeah, but it was the, it was the norm. Like everyone was using it. Yeah. 
jQuery was the framework, I mean, if I remember yeah. correctly. You, you didn't have anything else. You, there were like big books about, you know, how yeah. to use jQuery. But it's, it doesn't sound that complicated right now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and it's, well, it's crazy how, how it's changed everything now. Yeah. And, and, you know, just, yeah, most, one of the most important things related to the podcast that if you write vanilla PHP, I can guarantee you it's not going to be secure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. even if you really, really, really pay attention to everything, you are going to forget something and you are going to forget, the, oh, you know, some, some basic thing. And if you are, if you have a super complicated web app in vanilla PHP, there is like basically no chance of it being secure because, you know, one, one location you mess up the SQL query and then your whole database is gone. So. <laughs> and it's just, it's really hard to get it right if you write vanilla PHP. My, you know, for example, oh, sorry. My website was running for, I think, three years. And I, I'm absolutely sure it has, it had multiple holes. Um, I couldn't find any. I always tried my best to, uh, not have any, uh, security issues with the SQL uh, stuff. And I couldn't see anything in the logs. I think no one actually broke in, but, um, it was batten so poorly. I'm absolutely sure there was something. It's just that no one tried it. Yeah. I mean, that's the danger it's... of vanilla PHP. You, you can, you can just not be sure, you know, even if you try to make it perfect, if you have a very complex website, then it just, it gets unmanageable at some point. Yeah. It's just not, it's just not working. I mean, and, uh, with Laravel, or I'm only giving Laravel as an example because that's the one I'm using, but you probably it happens with other frameworks, but they handle the security for you most of the time. I mean, of course they can't handle logic vulnerabilities for you where, you know, you forgot to implement the right logic, but the basic stuff like SQL injection, cross-site scripting, all of that, they, they handle it and they only had to do it once. And then now, you know, you're not probably not going to inject a Laravel app, SQL inject a Laravel app if they are using the right stuff. And it's really easy because you, when you start learning it, you are already learning how to use the right stuff. So, you know, if you're writing in frameworks, you, there is not a lot of chance that you get these basic vulnerabilities. Yeah. If you build upon like a, a safe base, basically like those big frameworks, like maybe not like these early, uh, do, like don't early adopt some new technology that could be, uh, dangerous. I mean, I wouldn't go and like use the latest, uh, new invented JavaScript language for my new, uh, shit complicated web shop. But, um, if you have big known frameworks, uh, that are used for years by a lot of people, then you have a very good, you have a big community and, and it's pretty much guaranteed to be safe. And even if the vulnerability is found, it's going to be found quickly and it's going to be fixed quickly and you don't have to worry about it that much. But if you write everything yeah. yourself, yeah, um, you probably will never even find the vulnerability in the first place, but maybe someone else's and then you have a problem. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, you know, all these libraries, uh, and, and frameworks, they also enforce a strong uh, object-oriented, uh, yeah, programming pattern—not pattern, but uh, yeah—they they enforce the object-oriented programming a lot. 
So you you don't even have a chance to write bad code like I did back then. You know, basically every every page of my game was a new program. <laughs> um, that's that's not how it works anymore. And yeah, that's also why I'm reprogramming my uh, my dofer again, again and again, <laughs> because I want to have it more. Yeah, more object oriented, more maintainable. Because I want to add more support for uh, different hardware stuff, like different displays or buttons or whatever, right? Um, but how I wrote it in the first place, because I just want to get it out. And that's, that's not bad, right? If you have a project or something, um, just go and get it done. You can always improve it later. Um, but you should get it done first. Get a, get a simple thing running so you can show it. And yeah. But, um, I, like, it's hard coded in there. You could only use, like, the normal push button thing that everyone is doing with Arduino. You could only use those, uh, OLED screens because I used the library for that and that only supported that. And if you wanted to use a different display, you had to rewrite a lot of the codes. Basically, everywhere I used the display, you had to, uh, rewrite that in, in, in the code directly. But if you make it more abstractable, then, um, you could make like a layer in between and say, okay, this is, this is going to my, for example, display manager class, right? And then you can just, um, if you want to use a different display, just, um, write your own, um, fitting, fitting class for, for this manager. And maybe it's, it's enough to know how to initialize the display, uh, how to write, uh, a pixel and how to write, uh, text on the display. That should be enough. Um, and then you could use every display and you can just, uh, yeah, easily, um, get it supported on, on, on this application while on the current version I have online, it's just, you have to rewrite the, the hard coded stuff and there is no, no abstraction or layer in between. That's, that's, that's not very good. So I'm rewriting it again. Um, well, because I want to learn this stuff, but also because the libraries I'm writing now, uh, for creating these menus, for interfacing all these different buttons and, and all that, it is super, super useful because I can reuse them. I don't have, I, I'm not writing them specifically for the DOF or anything. I can just go on on the next project and use them there too. And just, I can completely work on that base again. I don't have to rewrite anything. I don't have to uh, think about uh, interfacing the buttons and Google everything again. I have my library and I can use that. And a lot of stuff is supported. And if I want to support more stuff, then I, then I update that library and suddenly all my projects benefit from it and not just one. Uh, another thing is that um, in the past weeks and uh, even yesterday, I rewritten some libraries, some Arduino libraries. And what I can see again and again is that there are, there are so many different dialects if you code in C++. And I can fully understand why so many people out there uh, comment things like that, C++ is so ugly and it's just not modern and all that stuff. And it's not true. It's just that a lot of the code you see online is just ugly and confusing or not very well written. And um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of people started with C maybe or they were just more into hardware than into programming and that's why they're uh, doing this Arduino stuff because that's most of the code I'm looking at. Um, but it's not very well object-oriented or thought through a lot of the times. It's very, very technical. If you know everything about that chip, uh, where what the library is for, then yeah, it makes sense, right? But for a for a beginner, it's often it's just very confusing. And even for me, I I know this stuff, but maybe I don't know about this specific thing uh, the library is for. And then I look at the code, I'm just yeah. Now I'm even more confused. So I. I've rewritten a lot there just so I can integrate it into my project. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of change and I feel like a lot of people, they are stuck in the old ways of writing code. And especially with these old languages like C and C++, it's just, you get the feeling they're outdated and you shouldn't use them and it's so dangerous and stuff, but it's not. It's just uh, a lot of people. Uh, don't code in a way that is that is very modern. And you should, you know, you should uh, use C for specific purposes. I mean, you you do not want to start web development with. <laughs> it's possible. No, don't. I googled it's it. Possible. I remember there is a framework. Yeah, there was a really good framework, and really it's really good, fast. But, really good. Uh, but I the think you're gonna really cool. <laughs> you're gonna get insane when oh, the website looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're gonna get insane when you try to to write uh, that in C++ but yeah I mean Arduino and that stuff that is you want to write you want to do code that is run directly on the hardware um, you yeah. don't want to have a Java VM running in between or something like that that would <laughs> that would kill the whole thing I mean it's just not uh but good good point by the way um Java is what happens if you write the object oriented train for too long. It's like, you know, like you're being in the sun for too long. It's like the same with Java. It was just in the object-oriented pool too long or something. I don't know. <laughs> but especially uh, um, Java FX is, is, is just terrible. I'm sorry, but um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't use other window managers or whatever with other languages. Uh, I mean, a, a bit, yes, but not not really. So I can't really compare it to other languages. I wouldn't say that it's maybe better or worse than what you can do with Qt and C++. But uh, generally, uh, it is really, really confusing. And you, ha- you have to write a lot of repetitive codes just again and again. And it's confusing and it makes it unreadable. And it's just not making any sense at so many things. I don't know. I think in the beginning, Java was a great language, uh, but after a couple of years, um, they just went, uh, it got too, it got too complicated. They kind of lost their, their, their appeal. And yeah, you don't, I don't think anyone is writing user software, like for the end consumer, uh, in, in, in Java anyway. You yeah, just do some they, server applications. No. That's really the only thing. Did you see? I think in Hungary, the whole, mm, the whole country, you know, we have these, uh, things where you can get your ID and all of that. All right. The Space Hun is having a packet delivered right now. <laughs> I may be not going to delete this part, um, from the podcast. 
Space Han uh, got a DHL packet and we were waiting for it before we wanted to start the podcast, but it didn't arrive. So he said it's gonna arrive mid, mid podcast. And, and that's what's happening right now. If I'm, if I'm correct. And let me tell you about why Space Han is gone. <laughs> let me tell you about what just happened a few minutes ago. My mic died and I got super triggered. So if maybe you didn't notice, but we had to restart the whole recording and uh, I have these Chinese USB cables. I, I thought space on I'm gonna buy some kind of platinum gold uh, USB cable next time. Like, you know, you have those HDMI cables. I need something like that because, <laughs> because this is not, this is not gonna, you know, work for longer periods of time that we are recording something and the USB cable is, is, is dying on me and the space and started having the robot voice. I got, ooh, I got triggered and, um, and yeah, I need to, I need to invest in this kind of stuff. Not to mention the MacBook has two USB ports. Uh, you know, how do I, how do they expect me to plug five USB devices into two USB ports? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not, it's, it's not, uh, that good. And that hence I'm using this $10 or $5 USB hub from China. Oh, Space Hun is back. I'm back. <laughs> I was talking about my, my, my broken USB cable and the RDHL. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I thought I, we shouldn't cut it out. I mean, should I, should I tell, uh, did you t- uh, tell what I'm getting with the DHL? Oh, I didn't. Uh, you, you can, you can do that. Okay. So I'm, I'm planning a video. Um, I made a little PCB. Uh, a little breakout board for the APA 102. It's a little RGB LED that is becoming more and more popular, but I couldn't find a little breakout for it to use it on a breadboard. So I made my own, but the LEDs are so small. It's just impossible to solder them. Uh, or it's, it's very, very hard. Even you need a hot air station and all that. Uh, so I asked JLC PCB and they sent me a stencil for it that makes it easier to um, yeah, apply the, the solder paste and then makes the whole soldering way easier. Yeah, the whole thing that they do is crazy that it's, it's not a sponsored. I, I am at least not sponsored. I don't know about space. Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I will make a sponsored video, but I, I don't know. I can't say anything bad about JLC PCB really. They, they are very nice people. Yeah, but you know, the, I, I saw the video from, uh, strange parts that, uh, how they company, like how they, uh, manufacturing looks like. And, you know, you buy a PCB and how long does it take to get from sending the file until you get the, the PCB? Uh, depends. I th- but, but it can if be like in fast, one week or like a few days. Oh, they can do it in 24 hours. Whoa. <laughs> what? If, if they want to, but I think usually it's like two or three days. But I mean, two or three days. That's also. Crazy. Fast. Oh, let me let me check. I don't wanna don't wanna tell any lies here. I have no idea, but I know that the stencils, for example, they were um, uh, uh, twenty four hours manufacturing. So that was really wow. impressive. Crazy. Uh, and they have to do a lot of stuff. If if you're interested, then definitely check out. Yeah. Strange Look, parts video. He had like a whole uh, walkthrough of the of the yeah, factory. Of the, yeah. That that was pretty cool. Yeah, look, uh, it's build time is two to three days. <sighs> how I don't know how they are doing that. And the stencil, oh, it doesn't say here. I think you have to upload your file before it tells you. 
Uh, it also looks like, you know, the PCB is very tiny. It's like a centimeter or so or less, right? And mm -hmm. they sent me a stencil, which is like, I don't know, 40 centimeters by 30. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't really opened it, but from the packaging, it looks like it's, it's big. So that, yeah. that will be fun. But yeah, yeah. I think we should continue with the yes. podcast. <laughs> Uh, where where were we? We finished with the Java. Then you had the. I mean, I oh know if the you Java! Were I can rant about it for hours, but yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Don't do it, kids. Uh, and let's continue. <laughs> yeah, you don't need more Java. Oh yeah, no, that, that's what I started uh, saying. That uh, in Hungary, we have these government uh, all you know point thingies there where you can go there. It's like a building, and you can get your ID and all of that stuff, and. Uh, they have their whole uh, user, like their whole, all of them programs and all of that they use. It's in Java. Yeah. And I also, I, I had an internship years ago uh, at a company that writes code for other companies, for bigger companies. You know, Java. Um, Java, a lot of Java, Java and C Sharp, and sometimes some other weird stuff. But usually uh, most of it was C Sharp, and like I would say, like a third of it was Java. Yeah. Um, but it's not yeah. maintainable and it, yeah. I mean it is maintainable it's just um, it's very repetitive and annoying and it's not fun <laughs> but you know at least you can give that to, to the people that you can uh, run it in multiple computers and you know you just have to have Java installed and that's yeah. okay. that's, a, that's a fair reason to do that that's uh, it's something that they say that that's why yeah, but I can uh, look. A good counter argument to that is because they always like to hate on like the C guys, you know, because Java was like the first, like I think the the next big thing after the whole C C plus plus. And um, I'm I'm writing here Arduino code, uh, which works on countless of different architectures, just without needing any change. And this is C++. This runs directly on the hardware. Uh, of course, someone put the work and ported their uh, uh, microcontroller with the necessary libraries to be working on the Arduino platform. But um, because they, because every manufacturer uh, does that, uh, you have a lot of different chips with different architectures and completely different hardware working with the same software. And it's crazy because... If you think about it, Java, yeah, it runs on Linux and on Windows and on Mac. That's it. My Arduino code runs on, on 8-bit AVRs, on 16-bit, uh, uh, pick, uh, whatever chips, um, on, uh, ESPs, which are some custom Tenzilica, uh, architecture or something like that. That, that's crazy, right? Oh, so, wait, wait. Let me, I remember having my Java games on my, Galaxy, no, it wasn't the Galaxy. It was the old something that have a Java OS. It wasn't an Android. Oof. It had like a whole Java and you started the phone and it had a Java animation. Well. Yeah, but uh, look, <laughs> look, you can't write a desktop application and then just run it on your Android. Oh, no, no, no. Definitely not. You have to write it differently. It's just, yeah. And why would you want to do that? That's the other question. <sighs> the whole cross-platform argument isn't that great anymore because just use the web stack. That's what most people do and, and you get better results. But um, 
Yeah, I think Java has a place. It had a place. It's not a bad language just in general, but they, it just became more and more complicated over the time trying to keep up. And, uh, I mean, people are saying the same things about C++ and maybe it's true, but that is, that is nothing compared to Java. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry for Java. You, for, if you want to do some things, uh, you have to know, uh, a countless of, of classes out of your head. Uh, how they interact each other and and all that. Um, I'm 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 just studying for the for the exam on uh, next Tuesday. <laughs> so um, I I have to learn this every day. That's maybe why I'm triggered about it a bit. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I enjoy writing C code more than Java, and that that should uh, that should tell something. I mean. C++ is not a very uh, user-friendly language. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But you should write C++ in a good way. I mean... Oh, yeah. Remember if my... you do it wrong, then blue screen is, in, is coming for you. Yeah, or, you know, remember my unreadable uh, oh. things that we did in the, yeah. in the school. There was, like, a computer, like... Was that a... Yeah, it was like an introduction to to uh, programming. First programming class. I didn't go to that school, uh, but I went there before, you know, applying. And uh, we had C++. And holy moly, it was terrible. I had no idea what's happening. And the guy... This is not the way you teach programming. I mean, the guy was, you know, writing with the white whiteboard onto the table, and we just copied the C++ code onto the onto the computer, and nobody had an idea of what's happening. And if you you looked at the code, it was super weird. Ah, I don't know if, if C++ can be bad, but it can be really good if you probably if you use it for the for the good things. I mean. And the, I don't think you should learn programming using that, right? Uh, I know that's that's a whole new discussion. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> should we should we go into that? Or I think that's. I mean, we can move on to education. Um, yeah. Okay. Then then we should like at least talk about it a bit. So uh, there are two ways you could learn programming um, because there are so many different languages and all that now. Um, you could either start like from the bottom, like learn all the protocols. Uh, I don't know, start learning C, uh, learn about assembler, how a CPU works and all that. Or you start with the high level stuff. I don't know, learn about HTML and JavaScript and then, uh, yeah, go, go deeper and deeper. Um, Maybe I would say it's better to go deeper from high level. That's just my opinion, right? Because both both has pros and cons. That's the thing. It's a bit hard to tell. With the high level, I guess motivation is easier to to get motivation because uh, getting started with like the packets and like the you know the protocols, it's not it's not something you. Not motivating, but if you get started with high-level stuff, you're already for simple, you know, by writing simple code, you can do pretty amazing stuff, and that's gonna yeah. give you the motivation. Then Th- you think about it: what can you learn and see in a week, and what can you do with it? And then what can you do with learning JavaScript in a week, and what can you do with that? Yeah, that I is... mean, even just learning how to use other people's stuff in JavaScript, 
<laughs> if you learn that, yeah. you are already doing a lot You're of stuff. You're basically God. <laughs> yeah. NPM install everything. And then you can basically do, yeah. do anything you want. You don't even have to write it. I don't know. I, I thought for a bit um, that maybe it's better to start low level because then you have a way better understanding how it works and you're not writing that uh, bad code. But on the other hand, I also started with high level. We started with JavaScript in school and I got motivated by that because it is easy, because I run it in the browser, uh, because I don't have to compile anything and have weird errors and unreadable code. No, it's pretty simple. And um, that's also why I got motivated to do PHP because I knew HTML, I know a new JavaScript and, and PHP seemed so easy and we had the databases class as well. So I had all the ingredients to build my, uh, my game and I did it and I learned so much by it. And if we started with C or something, I don't know. I don't think I, I would be where I am now. Yeah, which I is, think, which is a bit ironic because now I'm programming C. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's really important because, you know, First of all, you learn high level stuff and then you get hyped that, oh my God, I can do this and I can do this. And, uh, you know, you're just not going to get that hype probably from learning how to, you know, uh, do stuff in C, like really basic stuff that you don't even have to do in, um, higher level languages. Yeah. I don't know, but there is, um, I think there's a point where you should learn, um, and get the, um, like the, the, the basics. Yeah, um, it's, it's not good if you only know high level stuff. If you have no yeah. idea what, what, the, you know, the code is doing. Like, for example, you know, only relying on the Laravel database management. That's not good. You should learn, you know, MySQL and everything. And then it's easier because you understand what it's doing. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to know everything. Just get like you, you need to have an idea you you need to be able to read what is happening and to understand the errors and and all that and understand what is happening in the background so you can just debug better yeah yeah because you know we so i'm in, i'm in the second semester now and um yeah i'm writing the programming to exam in four days that's friday right so saturday sunday monday tuesday four days mm-hmm. oh boy gonna be fun and <laughs> um this this professor we have is very um he's he's not easy right he gives a lot of info uh in his lectures and we have to do very hard um uh, exercises and uh we have tests uh, in in the semester that are not easy and then the exams also and i mean i think i can program very well uh, still i need to learn every day uh, for hours so just that i get this exam done this is this is no easy stuff he really pushes for a lot of a lot of things um but it's good it's good and i improved a lot like the whole my whole logical mind improved so much since uh, I started at university because of because of that professor and um, I'm I'm glad about it and yeah it's Java and yeah I'm ranting about it but still he um, he he taught so much about just in the, in the first semester so much about the, the logic behind it and um, uh, how to write the code and not do some yeah like like you know a lot of beginners they do a lot of 
kind of stupid mistakes that are not wrong, right? The code works and, and in a normal school, like no one would say anything. And, and even if you go on Stack Overflow, you see people doing the same mistakes again and again. Uh, but here you have a teacher that just gives you zero points if you do that. And yeah, you can hate about it. Uh, but at the end, you will be someone, uh, if you pass this, then you will be someone that can actually write very well, uh, very good code. And that brings us to the next point that good developers are just rare, rare and expensive. Like yes. there are a lot of yeah. coders out there, but a lot of them are just not that great. Yeah. I mean, you have to put in the, put in the work definitely to, to get to a level that you, count as a good developer i mean um even you know that's what we talked about finishing school and having a programming uh paper it's not guaranteed that you have the experience you know you have to have the experience for it because i mean you just talked about it's not just theory uh in your school it's definitely not but uh but you, you still have to do and get your own experience uh, with programming oh, before yeah. you just you know, get started on a job. If if I... Uh, I mean, I did a lot of stuff in programming uh, before I went to university and I'm, I'm doing it in my free time basically constantly and that helped a lot. I think if I just came from uh, from the school like most of the other people there, yeah, I would probably also be super frustrated with it. Uh, because you, there is no like introduction course into programming here. Uh, I know other universities are doing it, but I can imagine that's also not that great. Um, yeah, you know, there's like a 50% dropout, right? It's really, uh, I- I'm not exaggerating here. That's pretty mm-hmm. much the case. Um, and it's crazy. And, and I, I probably would have dropped out too if I didn't have the, the previous experience. Yeah, it's really important. And it's also important when you get a real job, you know. Even though, you know, like the the theories and how the you should do it, you know, they just give you like a modern environment you didn't use before. And you can't just say, oh, I didn't learn it. <laughs> yeah. Because that's you not going to work. I think that's why uh, a lot of companies search for people with like uh, at least five years of experience with this. And yeah, but that's also kind of a eh, way of yeah, doing it. But I get where they're coming from because if you hire someone that is coming directly from college, university, school, whatever, um, it's just they, not gonna, yeah. they have the certificate and, and maybe they say they can program and maybe they even have their own projects. But for the company, it's just impossible to say if that person is actually good for the company. But if, if he worked for five years in another company programming, yeah, they, uh, then got you can, the experience needed. yeah, then you can definitely say that that's someone that, uh, yeah, at least has the experience in that field and, uh, will definitely be better than someone f- from school directly. Yeah, because so, maybe, you know, you are good in only that environment, only that kind of code and only that, and you have the certificate, but, you still have to get, yeah, real experience. This, that's the real thing that, you know, counts yeah, a and, lot. You know, you can, maybe you can even get good grades and it seems all good, but that doesn't have to mean that you're actually good in programming. There's, yeah. there's a, there's a big difference in what your grades tell and what you can actually do, especially in programming. 
Yeah. I mean, I just, because I'm not in university, I'm, I, you know, I don't know, but uh, looking at how other stuff is, te- how other stuff they are teaching in school, you know, you get that in the real world, it's, it's not going to be like that. I mean, I mean, you learn something, but in the real world, it's a, it's something different. It's definitely something different. You can use the basics of what you learned, but you have to, you know, uh, have to learn the whole new stuff that they are using and all of that. That's uh, why I'm so glad I went to that school that basically taught you uh, for the real for the real world. So you can start in a company right away, and they had. Basically, all the teachers were some ex, uh, uh, like, f- I don't know, our, our class teacher was a, a freelancer before. Our web designer was also a freelancer before. Um, they have the experience. What, what, uh, what do the, the companies or the, the customers want? Um, how is the, the, the world actually uh, out there? How, how like, what's, what technology is is being asked for and all that and um yeah that that's very helpful so i have i mean what they they taught a lot of stuff kind of easily so like you know that not everyone fails but i mean there were just like really a few people in class that really could program but still um that experience helped me a lot and now university is so much more uh, theoretical and yeah if just just with you uni- with just a university degree i think you you don't necessarily have any qualifications to get a good job you have um, you have the logic for it definitely yeah, but, but don't that's have the experience. not enough no yeah. that's why i'm so glad that i i had the time before to to get used to this to learn to experience myself because now with all the stress if i was just were just starting now uh uh, no way I would have, uh, uh, I could s- sustain that. I mean, it's just too much. Uh, university, a lot of the, the, the modules, I mean, most of them are easy, uh, but they are just a lot that are just super hard and you need to put a lot of work into it. And they put those in the beginning. And yeah, it's just, it's frustrating for someone that is new. It's frustrating for me that already knows most of the stuff, at least. For a good part, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's that's a big. There's a big problem in in education. That's basically what we're going uh, for here. To yeah, but yeah, we we plan to do a different episode for that, so we are not discussing the whole thing right here. Oh yeah, but uh, yes, that's what I why I don't want to say anything specific right now because I really want to do better research on the in this in this topic because since I'm yet. 16 you know i i don't want to offend people with saying stuff that you know i maybe not true so yeah but uh, the basic idea is what i i said that you definitely need experience and i'm i'm not afraid to say this this is i think this is obvious yeah i think we can fill a good episode with that i mean we have talked with a lot of people or i talked with a lot of people from a lot of different countries and it's the same thing everywhere it's not like uh i don't know sweden uh, has uh, such a great uh, education we should all implement the same thing or something like that no the the education system especially with 
in terms of programming and, and that kind of stuff. It's just terrible and it needs a complete, de for, for this world that is changing right now, they need a new education system, like completely. This whole, uh, let's teach for, um, uh, someone that's filling out a piece of paper for one and a half hours and then give him a grade and that's how uh, how good he is at the job later. That That's just yeah, that, it has far no from the truth. Correlation with the job that you will yeah. be doing. But yeah, basically what is happening right now is that the whole tech world, it's becoming more and more abstract, right? You have not only in code, but in hardware and just in every part that makes up our life, right? Um Uh, I mean, code is built upon decades of work from other people, but the same goes for uh, hardware. Like, that's crazy. If you think about it, you can buy, um, like I'm making stuff with these ESPs, right? They are like two or three dollars from China, free shipping, right? And they have a very powerful processor and they can do a lot and they are sending some magical waves through the air and somehow you can send data with it and it's just two or three dollars and just 20 30 years ago or something there were supercomputers with less power just think about that yeah, yeah, yeah. you forget about it this is the this is the skiffy sci-fi sci-fi <laughs> oh yeah i'm, I'm seeing the sci-fi is becoming <laughs> reality and faster than we can imagine yes or i mean no it's already reality you just don't notice it because it it looks normal yeah um it's not like like in the movies they always make it seem super futuristic and crazy but most of the time it's just something super normal that that happens because It just makes sense, like phones, so everyone can communicate everywhere. It just makes sense. Um, yes, yeah. but, but, you know, uh, looking at back and looking at these movies, you, you think that, oh my God, uh, this is going to be crazy, and then it will be so cool that we will have all of this tech, you know, in the future. But... Uh, it's probably not going to be like that when you have when you will have that tech in the future you will think that oh yeah this is normal i mean of course we have this <laughs> but uh thinking back you know back then it was something crazy yeah i don't know i'm just i'm just thinking about that chip and how much work it it went in there to create something so cheap so affordable for everyone on the world question is also how long can we can we keep up with that <laughs> but yeah. uh it is yeah everything becomes more abstract and that's kind of that's also a danger uh, especially because of that not very good education system we have around the globe um because people will start to learn like like kids being raised now with ipads They get iPads, like they play on iPads when they are two or something. And they just think of as like a magic tablet thing that just, they don't, they don't question it or anything. Um, it's just the question is when, uh, which generation will be the first where they just, they don't have any clue how the, uh, how it actually works. I, I mean, we probably are there already, but, um, Yeah, yeah, it's I gonna mean, get to a point where most of the people have no idea what how do they work. 
And uh, I think we are actually there already. If you think about it. Yeah, true. I mean, no but if we get worse, <laughs> most of the people I know they don't really know what their phones can do. Just the features that should be features. It's not technical. It should be the feature, and they don't know it because and and you show it to them and like, oh my god, I didn't know you can do this with my phone, you know. Uh, so, yeah, they they don't really they use it for use the phone for like Facebook and internet <laughs> and nothing else. Because but you could use it for you know so much more, but they just don't know about it. Yeah. I mean, we are nerds. We know a lot about it. But most people, they are just happy that they can use Google, watch some silly YouTube videos, uh, text people over WhatsApp or Facebook, and they are happy with it. They don't question what's happening. But that they are also very careless a lot of times with security. And yeah, there's a, just... there's a big drift in between what we like. We are, we that we are fully invested in that technology, uh, see in it, uh, versus just regular people. Yes. I mean, yeah, for example, for security, they don't, then don't care about it. And even though it has like a real impact, if they don't pay attention, it can have a real big impact on their lives. They just, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Who is going to hack me? I don't have anything info serious. But that's just not the, not the way you should, you should say that, you know. Um, and for that, I think it should be, you know, you have these education thingies in companies and in, in schools, maybe that you have to be careful of what you share and all of that. Uh, I mean, for that, I don't think it should be, you should make like talks with raw data in it that, okay, you should never use a password shorter than characters and you should have you know all of that boring stuff that no one cares about i would say but they can do it so much more entertaining because it is not a boring topic it's it's absolutely not a boring topic you can do it you can make it really interesting and you can make it uh, really scary for people so they are gonna definitely take uh you know um they are definitely uh be more uh careful with it you should just demonstrate some some attack you know and if you can do that they are gonna see the impact on themselves you're not just giving them an example of someone you give them show them an example and then it's gonna definitely happen i think i think that that's the way security should be should be teached or like you know explained in these company meetings and like the school stuff i uh, yeah there's I don't know. I, it's just, I feel like there's a danger coming up while things are getting more, more complicated. It's great because we are basically doing magic, right? With the technology. Um, yeah. but uh, there are just too many people that they are completely careless and they don't value what we have achieved, um, with that technology. And it's, it's creating problems. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, if we go back to our programming world, then what about all those people that start programming and they, they just are using those super high level languages and never, never actually learn how it's working on the process or anything? Yeah, you can say that's the same thing as people who are using phones for Google Chrome or messaging. You know? <laughs> it's 
kind of the same situation and it's gonna get worse even for the people who are just using their phone and for the people who learn to program that they only gonna know the high level stuff and and uh, it's gonna go for a bit and then what happens when you need to fix something in the low level stuff there will be no one to fix low level stuff i'm i'm just interesting how this development um, happens anyway because uh, i think we're getting close to the um number of transistors in a chip right they cannot make it smaller at some point they're finding more and more tricks and and things to optimize it but at some point uh, they cannot fit more transistors in a certain uh space and then processors i mean it's already happening they're not getting so much faster than they used to be like 10 years ago um it's getting slower and slower the development but uh at you have to think about it then it's also time to make stuff more uh like care about more uh, care more about performance right you have to optimize yeah and then yeah hmm It's a difficult topic. I mean, we can't really say what's going to happen. The next thing would be qu- quantum computers, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that's basically a complete reset in uh, <laughs> everything. Uh, everything is in different programming. In that, yeah, yeah, it's like a whole new <laughs> new thing that's not comparable, really. But yeah, for the recent future, I would say the near near future, I would say that that is the weird thing that everything is going even more high level. Yeah, how so how high level can you go? And what's going to yeah, happen think, to the low level developers? That's I the think good question. what we what we can already see happening is that those super high level uh things um people demand that they run faster and they see that they cannot really sustain that unless they go uh more low level. So these super high easy to use languages go um will probably move closer to the hardware. You know, you have like, is it native script or whatever? You have mm-hmm. stuff that, that uh, is, yeah, JavaScript and, and high level stuff, but it's optimized more for running natively here in quotes <laughs> <laughs> on, on the phone. Cause they want to move it closer to the actual hardware. So it runs better and faster. So I think, yeah, it, it will get more and more high level. And at some point they will try to. Yeah, optimize it more. Yes, but uh, it's weird because you're gonna have that whole code base of something that no one understands. It's gonna be like this big thing that. Oh uh, yeah, you. That's a thing, right? You already have a lot of le- legacy code, and um, I think that's why Java is still so popular, <laughs> at least for companies, because they have so many stuff written in Java from ten, twenty years ago. And they need people to maintain it. They are not able to just rewrite everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> and maybe, you know, right now, if you, if you know some, if you're really good at some high level website development, you can get a lot of money and you don't, and you can get it fast. Like you don't have to learn for years and years. You can teach that's yourself and, and get a lot of money. Yeah. That's good. Um, But at some point, if everyone does that, um, then your value, uh, decreases. So you have to, you have to learn new things constantly. And you should, you should always think about 
maybe getting a bit more low level, I think. Because if you, I mean, you don't have to work, uh, programming C++ or something. But if you know a bit about it, then it's definitely something that makes you as a, as a potential employee way more valuable. Because maybe the company needs to look into some of their old code base and then they hire you that maybe has some experience with that over someone that is just good at doing fancy websites, right? Yeah. So this whole abstraction thing, it's basically if there's a problem, someone work, someone is working on the solution. And if that solution has a problem, someone will work on that a solution for that or make an approved version and so on and so forth. Um, Oh yeah, we had a great example. I mean, you know, social media. <laughs> and so there was a big problem. You have too many hashtags. What are you going to choose? So people made hashtag generator apps and there are like dozens of them in the app store. It it just seems silly. I mean... Yeah, but yeah. Uh, then that's a great example because everyone is... They are making new solutions to new problems and then with that solution there comes a new problem. <laughs> and it's that's just infinite. Going, yeah. Yeah, the computer fixes problems that we wouldn't have without it. Then we fix the problems and with the computer. <laughs> with the, yeah, then we fix the com- problems with the computer and the computer makes more problems. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's I mean, weird. But yeah, I mean, we are essentially doing magic if you think about it and how fast it's developing. And... Oh yeah, that's the thing. It, it, I mean, how how many years are this technology? You know, like it's only like uh, twenty, thirty years that technology really started to develop, right? Yeah, with like computers, yeah, and, just and everything involved. Twenty, thirty years compared to the whole time that people were, you know, people are alive. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is like a nothing this is not even a lifetime and just not yeah. gonna happen if if this this uh um if this is going this fast we probably can't even imagine what's gonna happen in, in like 10 20 years we just have no idea because we can't even think about what will be possible that that's a good example i i uh i uh watched in the polymatter video shout out for polymatter <laughs> uh yeah he's doing really good videos uh, he was talking about these apple glasses that it's possible that apple will make uh, glasses but uh that's not the point here uh at one point in the video he said that yeah because you know apple has to think about something new because smartphones are not gonna be forever and you know th- that for me that was weird because I never really thought about that. You know, you, we have smartphones now. This is the normal thing to do, but uh, it's probably not going to be the same for in like ten, twenty years. People are going to think, "Oh yeah, you had you had something in your pocket and you had to bring it everywhere in your pocket, and you had to, you know." Now we can't think about it, but in the future it's going to be like, yeah. Um, this you know, was really bullshit. We will, we will look, uh, if we, if we look back, right? We will look silly, like, like when we look back at those people that, that went with these like huge mobile phones from like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these really but big But then that things. was the, that was the top, the high tech. Yeah. That was high, that was high tech. That was like really expensive and yeah. 
And now but we think that this is the high tech. This is the really high tech. And, and it's not going to be more high tech than this. But of course, this is going to be the old thing. Your phone is going to be the, you know, it's, it's not going to be anything. It's going to be a shit old phone that people used like 100 years ago to commu- yeah. communicate, you know. It's <laughs> and like the probably, telegraph. Yeah, probably <laughs> kids going to laugh about it in like in like a few years that, oh, yeah, look, he had a phone. Like, what the hell? What <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just something it's weird to think about, you know. You, it's hard and it's weird because normally you wouldn't think about this kind of stuff, but yeah, it's hard. But it's gonna happen. Definitely. Yeah. Problem is, um, look, we have this here. What what about the people that that are even that are already afraid of switching from like Android to iOS or the other way around? Oh yeah, that's. Um, uh, what about them and the future? Because things are changing so fast, and I think I think in time they will they will accept uh, accept it. I mean, I know that now people are scared to. There are mm, people who are scared to get new technology. You know, I mean, but I just have to think about my parents, and I can see that already. That maybe then the next generation is gonna be more. I mean, our generation, I think we, probably there will be moments when we will say that, oh yeah, this is too, too modern I for me. I think about it. I mean, how, how the whole life worked before is that you, you went to school, you learned for one thing and you did one job till you die. And, um. Now you can learn anything you want. Yeah, this, this is not, this, this won't work in the future. You have to constantly learn and you have to constantly adopt no new technologies and everything. You cannot just stay with one thing for the rest of your life. That is impossible. And it's, it will get harder and harder every day because things are shifting faster than you can, than you can see. And the politics, they, they completely ignore it. Um, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, the whole school and, and everything, they are not preparing people for the world that is happening right now. I mean, who knows? Like, if you just think about the internet and, and in school, you learn a lot of facts and, and, and stuff, stuff you can just Google now in a second, like years of things you get taught that you can just Google. And you need to um, learn it and you have to write a test from it. Yeah, and, and then you're never, some... never <sighs> in your life you will have to know that from from just your head. You just time. you just Google it, and then you, there you have the information. Why waste it to learn? It? Now you can say that that maybe makes people more stupid, right? Because they don't know anything anymore, and they rely too much on technology. You but know you what? should Yeah, yeah. No, that, <laughs> that we should. They should uh, teach, going back to the education, I promise not to, but they should teach how to get the information. That's the key here. Not how to, like, not memorize it because you are, you just can't memorize that kind of, that amount of things. You should learn how to use Google. Sounds silly, right? No. People don't know how to use Google. People just yeah. gonna type in a whole sentence. How do I? And, uh, yeah, and then then don't... you have different languages. People need to know how to Google in English to find solutions. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, English is definitely a must in today's world if you wanna work with tech. So you're just not gonna. 
I mean, I, I'm already seeing it. I mean, I learned how to write proper emails and uh, letters in school. But when I read my uh, my inbox, right, my my email inbox, uh, I can see that definitely most people never learned how to write a letter or an email, right? They just put everything. It's like a WhatsApp message, like no hello, uh, no no ending, no name, uh, just how I do this, and then maybe an image or something. It's like, I'm not going to answer you. This is, this is not how you approach someone. Uh, I, I'm not going to you on, on the street and just, uh, like, throw a picture in your face and say, how oh, I do this. Uh, it's just yeah. terrible. <laughs> you have to be more, even with the email, you know. Yeah, just the whole communication on the internet. That should be, that could be an own subject in school if you think about it, because it's so important. But, and yeah, big. but no one will listen to it. I mean, you know, they will think like, oh yeah, come on. Yeah, but I it's know, important for like, for like business later, for like serious. Um, yeah, but I, I think the same thing is going to happen with any other, any other time that they are trying to teach technology in school. Everyone will think like, oh yeah, I know it. I mean, come on, I know how to. Yeah, but look, instead of like, uh, learning about some poems, you can, you could uh, sacrifice some time in the, in the language subjects and, uh, talk a bit about communication, how just, how you should interact with people. That is, that is just not taught in school, which is crazy. There should be uh, way more time put into how you come how to communicate in this world because people are unable to do it uh people are just assholes a lot of the time uh they don't have the em- empathy um people just don't know how to communicate and when it comes to the internet it just gets worse because everyone thinks oh i'm anonymous which they are not yeah. um and they they just throw out some hate or something and they don't even know what they cause because if you think what's happened, especially like with Brexit and Trump, uh, there were just a lot of people that are angry and they just put that anger into some uh, uh, silly uh, uh, hates, tweets and whatever. And it, it catches fire because the next one feels also like, yeah, you're right. And then never everyone is talking bullshit, but the actual problem it has nothing to do with what they are discussing about. Yeah, that's what what was happening with the elections, right? And that you know, someone can just start spreading something fake, and then it yeah. can become like the the main thinking of a lot of people because they saw it on, online. Yeah, they th- should that's not they the should thing. teach like, like how to know, how research, how to how to deal with fake yeah. stuff on the internet because that's also you can't teach someone that oh yeah everything on the internet is real i mean of course not you know if you if you probably talk to a politician and say you should learn more about research in school and that stuff they're probably going to tell you yeah we already have this and that because if i think back uh in school we had a couple of times where the teacher said yeah you uh just research that yourself and do that homework you know what people just do they just go to wikipedia copy paste (laughs) yeah that's not because they don't care yeah, and the teacher also doesn't know how to how to teach it and how how to research. Uh, yeah. yeah, because if you want to uh, teach this stuff in school, then you have to get people who are right for the job. You can't just get your teacher who was teaching for already like fifty years history or something that, that they probably can't. You need to have like younger people who are actually growing up and then knowing this. 
Yeah, you, know? you also need to teach the teachers constantly, but the teachers are overworked. Yeah, it's a big problem. Yeah, really- the problem is also that the teachers are, uh, in most schools, they, they have to do too much already. They, they don't have the time or energy and the classes are too big and just the whole system doesn't work. Uh, but yeah, um, education, that's the new episode. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically, I think we will have a lot of problems. I, I mean, I'm not thinking about Armageddon here. Uh, it will solve itself, but, um, you know, part of solving itself is getting, uh, um, getting a country that uh, sp- supposedly wanted to stay in the EU just left because I don't know. And, um, that uh, a silly uh, orange gets president, even though the opponent had two million more votes. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this is part of. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. You see it already, and um, it will fix itself eventually. But the thing is, how much damage do we do we have to take first before before most of the people wake up? Especially with the internet, if you think about it, if there was some uh, idiot in your, uh, in your village shouting, uh, racist things, then he was that stupid guy in the village shouting uh, racist things. But now he, uh, he easily becomes the leader of some fascist group online with thousands of people and suddenly their voice is heard around the world. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are negative sides of this as well. Definitely, but... Uh, oh, yeah, we should maybe... Uh, it has a lot of positive sides as well. We kind of concentrate on the bad things here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I'm not hating on the internet. I I, I really love how what the technology has become and what we can do, and yeah, it's I mean, great. We, I wouldn't go back, okay? I, I take those dangers, but still... That's no excuse. No, no, we should I think, still criticize. Yeah, we, we should take the dangers. We should, we should just be aware of it. And that's the main thing that people are not aware of these problems and dangers. Yeah. I mean, they can be there. That's okay. That's how internet works, but people should know about it. Yeah. The and, solution, you know, the solution is not going back. You see it. That's why people voted for Trump. They oh, just yeah, wanted yeah. to like go back in time, basically. But that, that's not the solution. Okay. The, the problems are here. Uh, you have to face it and you have to find new solutions. You cannot just repeat history that does not work out. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point that, that a lot of people think that, okay, we should go back and, and close up this whole internet and then do all of that stuff. That's not gonna work. Yeah. And you had other problems there that the, there are a lot of problems the internet and all that technology just solved and, um, made a better world right but yeah it just creates new problems and you have to face them you cannot just ignore them on or just focus on only the problems and then say we go back that's that's not a good way yes it's really different i mean i don't know a weird topic but uh, oh, that's, also- that's a good point here it's it's a weird topic to discuss uh but people should discuss it i mean it just gets washed away by other news, right? Um, but 
that this is important, even if it's weird and even if people have uh, very radical solutions to these problems. Uh, there, there needs to be a discussion because right now I, I don't see the politics, uh, like in general. I mean, of course, countries are different, but uh, just in general, I don't see there is much movement to fix any of these things in, in the politics. They are, they are just hang up with other things and... I don't know, it's a weird episode here compared to the others especially, but still, the, the, this discussion is, I feel like it's very important. Yeah, and, and you know, we probably sound like we are just rambling and talking about random stuff because that's what we are doing right now. <laughs> you can't, you can't really discuss this and have, you know, strict points because internet doesn't have. Yeah. Um, it's a it huge topic. A, yeah, it's a really big one. Um, Yeah, and if you think about it, if we discuss it, and now everyone that listens here goes and discusses the same topic uh, with someone else and tells that person to talk about that topic with someone else, you you soon have a lot of people starting a discussion. So if you listen to this and if you think like we made some good points or maybe you have your own opinion... Uh, Let us know. Let like leave a comment. Uh, tweet at us with hashtag insecure space, and yeah, find find other people to start a discussion. I don't know. Make a podcast yourself. Make videos yourself. I don't know. <laughs> um, but a big problem with the whole political stuff is um, people ha get hang up with stupid things, and the real issues uh, they they f get ignored. And we should start just discussing this stuff with more people, just in general. That that can yes. be private, right? If everyone just goes and talks to a friend about that, then you already have a you you already started something. You started a thinking process in that other person's. Yeah, but this is a big problem. Problem. So we it's definitely gonna take some time to get yeah do the we, solutions. It's not gonna to be fixed issues. because of this episode. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I think that that sums it up very well. Um, oh yeah, we have to thank about uh, we have to thank our patrons. Uh, I rewritten is that the correct word? I I mm -hmm. reworked the whole Patreon page, right? And if you get uh, if you are a five dollar patron of me, you're gonna get a shout out in the podcast at the end. So um, thanks to James, Michael, Eric, Tyler, Helmut. Uh, Adrian, Textmate, and Yendrik for being a five dollar patron. If you wanna become, yeah, thank you. <laughs> if you wanna become a patron, uh, go to patreon.com/spacehoon. And yeah, yeah, um, thank you for and supporting us. Patrons are supporting the show because there we have to, we have to get the hosting and domain name and all of that. So yeah, these patrons are basically keeping the podcast alive so thank you pretty much yeah and and also my projects i had to buy <laughs> yeah, definitely. quite some stuff lately to get my uh other stuff running but yeah thank thank you very much um you can follow the podcast over on insecurespace.com uh you can also find it on itunes spotify and any podcast app that uses an rss feed tweet at us with hashtag insecure space if you have questions or topic suggestions Yeah, we really, we really appreciate if you have feedback. That's not, that doesn't sound important, but we need your feedback. That's, uh, 
that's uh, if you if you are listening to the whole thing then definitely make sure to to give us some feedback about it so we can improve later on yeah it also keeps us motivated and everything it's yeah, yeah it helps yeah. a lot really um because i mean we don't have that much viewers right uh even if maybe yeah. on youtube there are like 400 views or something um most of the views are just people that click on it but don't really listen to it you maybe have 20 people actually listening to the whole thing yeah so if you are here your opinion definitely counts because i mean you you are the one who listened to the whole thing yeah there are not you, many that, that's kind of a big deal yeah not many of them so make sure to give us some feedback yeah and yeah we also have a discord server um link to that is on spacehoon.com if you want to join us we are in the voice chat uh, sometimes <laughs> so you can you can join us or talk with other people in the chat and yeah i think that's pretty much it with the episode so um yeah thank you thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode it was a bit different than the other two but yeah yes we will see all right then thank you for listening yeah everyone bye bye bye